I'm Mike Breen, Public Awareness Officer for the American Mathematical Society, and I'm talking with Peter Stone, who's in the Department of Computer Science at the University of Texas at Austin. And Peter is an expert on autonomous intersection management. Uh, so, Peter, can you tell us what exactly that is and how math is involved? Sure. So the idea of autonomous intersection management is that eventually, and hopefully not too far in the distant future, many or most of the cars on the road will be autonomous, be able to drive themselves. And when that happens, the question we ask is whether they ought to still use traffic signals and stop signs, which are the ways that human drivers get through intersections, or if there's something we can do that's more efficient that takes advantage of the capabilities of autonomous vehicles. And we have come up several years ago with a protocol that we call autonomous intersection management, or specifically a reservation protocol, whereby the cars call ahead, essentially, using wireless communication to let a computer program at the intersection know when they are expected to arrive and exactly what path they want to take. And the program at the intersection, which we call the intersection manager, then simulates their path through the intersection and checks whether, if they follow that trajectory, there will be any collisions and with cars that have previously reserved a space time in the intersection. And to do this, there's a lot of math involved. Uh, the simulation of the trajectory of the car requires differential equations for figuring out what the velocity profile of the car means in terms of where the car will be at a given time. And uh, it also requires proof techniques for deciding how we can guarantee that if the cars follow the protocol, that there, there will be guaranteed to be no collisions. A lot of times when people hear about this kind of thing, they picture Big Brother, like a giant thing controlling the whole world, and they, they, you're almost you're surrendering their freedom to it. But the manager be right there at the intersection, right? That's right. In fact, the strong invariant that we, we felt here is that people would not be willing to, to give up their autonomy to some individual, one single program that's trying to balance everybody's needs. Rather, we've taken the view that every car is autonomous for itself and the intersection manager is, is basically playing the role that a traffic signal plays today. So, you know, there is some coordination with red lights and green lights that give permission to cars to, to go or not, but it's still up to the, the human driver currently to decide when to accelerate and decelerate and it's the person's responsibility not to go through a red light. Similarly, in our protocol, there's an intersection manager that's managing the reservation, but it's up to each car to decide how to schedule it acceleration and deceleration to arrive at the intersection at the right time, exactly what reservations to request, and ultimately to not enter the intersection without a, without a reservation. And so really, there's no difference from an autonomy perspective. There's no sense of a big brother going on in our protocol. You mentioned that this is coming. Do you have any feel for when this would be a reality? Well, I mean, it relies on there being a lot of cars on the road that are autonomous, and there's been a lot of headway towards that already. The, the DARPA Grand Challenge and the Urban Challenge that we participated in, along with many other institutions, demonstrated the technological feasibility, and that's been developed by now a lot of private automobile companies. There also are some barriers from a legal perspective, and there's been headway in some of the states in the United States with that regard as well, making autonomous cars legal. Of course, the insurance in industry is going to have to wrestle with this a little bit, so there's, there's, a, there's still several obstacles. And then there's the question of whether existing cars will be retrofitted or whether we have to wait for a whole new generation of cars to come through. So there's a lot of factors at play, and it's 
I can only speak to the technology or technical aspects of it. You know, there's a, a lot of things that could happen. And it's, so it's, it's like any kind of predicting the future. There's a lot of uncertainty. Now, I noticed on your webpage, for many of us, you know, driving back and forth to work is one of the most aggravating parts of the day, and not just because of where we work, just because of the traffic. It's possible with these type of vehicles and, and intersections that uh, that would actually be a pleasant experience. Yeah, I mean, you can you know, imagine that it might be much more similar to the experience of riding a train where you, you're not responsible for any of the decisions. You just have to get into the car and get off when it arrives. Yeah, that would be great. So, Peter, is there anything you'd like to add? Uh, no, that's it. All right, that's Peter Stone, who's in the Department of Computer Science at the University of Texas at Austin. Peter, thanks very much. My pleasure.